0: Hey everyone, welcome to The Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than refusing to get a Spider-Man souvenir because it was missing the hyphen. <laughs> I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt. Hello. And Tabitha.
1: I feel like that was you.
0: Yep. So this was another Vegas story, and I'm pretty sure this is the last Vegas story that I have that's worthy of this. Um, so we did the uh, Avenger Station, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, did it last time, and I got a Avengers ID card that had Hawkeye with it, and it's like... I still keep that in my wallet, you know, as another form of ID.
1: You're adorable. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we went through, we did it again, and they had updated um, ID cards. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll get another one. So these ones they're slightly different. So you you people listening can't see this, but this was the original. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so the new one, you have um, you have your quote unquote trainer. Okay. Oh. All right. Okay. So, um, Spider Man was one of the options, uh, which was weird because that was like the only spot that he was represented in uh, Avenger Station, but it was it did not have the hyphen, and I could not bring myself to mm-hmm. get that one. So I went with OG. I went back to Hawkeye.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. The Hawkeye one is pretty cool though, and <laughs> it looks way I like kind of like the format of the old one better though.
0: You know, I yeah. I go back and forth.
1: I don't know. I kind of like that you're in your own photo when Hawkeye's not in the photo right. with you. So, yeah. I don't know. I got a lot of questions.
0: So. <laughs> I like
1: that you keep them, though.
0: I mean, I've been meaning to take this one out because it's clearly expired at this point and just, you know, replace it with the new one, but
2: <laughs> it's expired as if it's a valid right. form of right. ID.
1: I dare you to hand that to somebody.
2: We get carded for beer. <laughs> go to the grocery store. I might,
0: I might have to try that sometime. I just
1: want to see someone's reaction, honestly. So Hawkeye says you? it's okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: so, uh, <laughs> like hearing people get uh, fake IDs? Then be sure to subscribe to us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes. Uh, really like what you hear? Then throw us some Benjamins on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegeekawakenspodcast. Any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. He stopped looking up at that. All point.
1: about <laughs> the Benjamins. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm starting to run out of uh, ideas. Euphemisms
1: need... for cash. Yeah,
0: I need to. F- I need to find more. <laughs> Bring my synonym finder. <laughs> yeah. Can... Ooh. There's
1: a whole book at the house. <laughs> you can borrow that.
0: I mean, I also have like the whole internet at my fingertips. Yeah, yeah that's true.
1: Tell Matt syn- syn-
0: <laughs> synonym <laughs> syn- s- syn-
1: words words are hard nutmeg finder. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to call that from now on. <laughs> I'm putting a new label on it. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> that is wonderful. <laughs> so, um, so, all right. So passes for C2E2 go on sale tomorrow. Right. Um, if you're, well, listening, it, they go on sale on September 27th. So not necessarily tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but over the last couple of days, they've been announcing some, like some big names in yeah. just the, in um, in both like the comic world and in the, uh, in the literary world. Mm. So, uh, I'm just gonna run down the list real quick. So far, that they've announced, uh, Jim Lee, Michael Cho, Mike Grell, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, Terry Brooks, Rainbow Rowell, uh, Faith Aaron Hicks, and Joe Hill. Uh, also, side note, I had no idea what Rainbow Rowell looked like before then. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I'm just like, huh. It kind of like, it was almost like in Wizard of Oz, like it kind of like pull back the Man-heimer. curtain. Pulled back the, yeah, pulled back the curtain. I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say I was disappointed. Because that's not that's not at all. But I'm like, huh? You're not not what you expected. Not at all what I expected.
1: Yeah, I love Rainbow Rowell. Since she's going to be there, I think I've convinced my friend who does not con to go to this with me because we've been trying to meet Rainbow Rowell together for like five years.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped. Um... It's interesting, though. They haven't named any entertainment guests yet. No. But I have a feeling that they're saving that for tomorrow. Same. They're going to be like, hey, by the way, this person is going to be here. Yeah.
1: Buyer, your your passes now, X, Y, and Z are coming.
0: (laughs) Right. So, um, but yeah, but of those people, I mean, I guess who are are you guys really stoked about?
1: I mean, if I can get my friend to go with me to meet Rainbow Rowell, I'm stoked for that. Yeah. but I mean, come on, Joe Hill. I'm Ugh. gonna fangirl like a mad woman. It's gonna be amazing.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited for Joe Hill. Like you're also rest, gonna fangirl. I will fangirl for Joe Hill. Like <laughs> I don't know. I enjoy Stephen King, but Joe Hill is just Stephen King to another level. Yeah. Like so that uh, that's gonna have to be like a uh, an autograph opportunity for me for sure. Absolutely. So, um,
0: C2E2 is going to be held February 28th through March 1st, 2020. It's going to be in Chicago, hence Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, but, you know. <laughs> what? I know, right? That's what that
2: stands for. <laughs> um,
0: and that's going to be at, uh, at McCormick Place. So, some big kinda news came out yesterday that, uh, a Disney, a source in Disney says that, um, Kevin Feige is going to be developing a new Star Wars movie for, uh, for the company. Kathleen Kennedy is still in charge. That's not, you know, that's not going to change. Feige has also said, like one source has said that uh, Feige has told a major actor that there's a specific role that he would like that person to play if and when he makes the movie. Huh. That's about all the information that we know. I'm kind of on the fence on this. Like, on the one hand, it's like, Kevin Feige has basically proven like, hey, you can do pretty much whatever you want. Yeah. Right. At the same time, though, like, he's already dealing with the MCU and also he's got a lot of characters that he now needs to introduce with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. It's like, bro, you're
2: doing too much. Yeah. So...
1: Yeah, I'm just hoping he's not stretching himself too thin.
2: Right. Yeah. Because that could, that could definitely be an issue. Yeah. Trying to just do too much in, at one time. But we'll see.
0: Um, like I said, no other kind of timetable. We don't know when this is coming. Obviously, they're trying to Keep everything close to their chest until uh, episode nine comes out. A uh, little bit of local news that I want to talk about. Um, so, Sunshine Clemens with the uh, Springfield Black Lives Matter organization has opened up a little free library um, last week in the uh, uh, in front of the Poplar Place Management Office on Twenty Fifth Street. It is uh, she got. Jermaine Ward, who owns Monty's Custom Furniture for construction and installation of the library. Um, it is believed to be the first in the nation sponsored by a Black Lives Matter organization.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
0: Um, which, obviously, if you don't know what the Little Free Library is about, it's kind of like a take a book, leave a book type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has a wide variety of books, mostly by African-American authors or with African-American themes. So. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, I always love it when we get local stuff like this. Uh, but yeah, but especially like just for something that like a lot of, in, in and, and I'm not just even talking about this specific community, like you know, Springfield as a whole, like we have some, I mean, there is like, yeah, you know, a few scattered around. Town. Right. But I'll tell you what, like, that's still not something that I see regularly.
1: No, it's not. Um, it's more prevalent, I think in larger communities, obviously. Um, but if you drive around in Some of the neighborhoods in Springfield, you will notice that there are more of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a plethora of them in Chatham. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a list online. You can go to littlefreelibrary.org and pull up the list of all the little free libraries in your community. Cool. Yep.
0: But yeah, I will say also that Black Lives Matter uh, SPI does have a wish list on Amazon, so oh. you can check that out and help them. Book orders will be filled and mailed to a post office box in Springfield. Awesome. So, that's that's, that's great. great. Yeah. And yeah. And, and one, one more thing to point out, uh, Clemens did say that like one of the important um, things that you know one of the biggest reasons why she wanted to do this was because she wanted for children to uh, be able to see themselves in literature. So. Excellent, but yeah, so definitely, um, definitely check out their Amazon wish list. Check out where other little free libraries are available in your uh, neck of the woods. Not to turn into Al Roker. (laughs) 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 If I had, if I had the like patience with Photoshop, that would be today's episode turning into Al Roker, and (laughs) it would be like an animorphs thing. Remember that? Yeah, of me turning into Al Roker. (laughs)
1: I don't, I don't, have, like I don't like, have that much time. I don't know. I don't feel like you got those capabilities. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,
0: keeping with the library theme a little bit, um, Tabitha, I want to talk about, we've got a lot of weird stories to talk about tonight. This is, <laughs> this is the first of many, but keeping with the library theme, um, what happened?
1: So, there for a hot second, there was this, uh, sacrilegious social media challenge <laughs> going around. <laughs> um. Uh, called don't have a bookmark use blank so people were pouring milk on books and sticking banana peels in books but and then, why uh, I, I hate it oh. because i hate the internet um and then of course companies started getting involved because that's what happens with these types of things so there was one where people had poured chex mix put oreos vitamin water little debbie snacks they all got in on this trend of prompting you know people to if you don't have a bookmark use blank so they got a lot of clap back from book publishers because i don't know stop being monsters (laughs) right and then a librarian from indiana named amanda may posted an actual a photo of an actual book that was found in her library's book drop two years ago to her twitter account so since this happened two years ago this is before the social media trend so someone was just an awful human (laughs) Um, but there was a full soft-shell taco stuck between the pages of the book. If you pull up the image of this, it had been pressed so flat that you couldn't even see it until you opened it the book. And it was, like, cheese and meat, and it was just, you could see the tortilla, and then it's just, like, a circle of cheese that it came out on the outside.
2: flat. It, It almost looked like a, um... Uh, an eclipse.
1: Yes, of
2: <laughs> of, taco. of
1: taco inside this book. It's like,
2: the circle
1: of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's our picture for today. <laughs> you, t- you got it. It's me holding you up as Simba, and, and, then and a
2: taco, and then a the taco
1: into the sun, and this says the circle of cheese. You're welcome.
0: Or it's just you holding up a cheese wheel. <laughs>
1: Or that. I mean, I support me holding a cheese. We all know that cheese is my food group. But, um, so yeah, there's monsters in the world now, but two years ago, there were still monsters in the world. So, public service announcement. You can use a lot of things as bookmarks. I rip off corners of things to stick them in. Never doggy or anything, and never put food in your book. That's just.
0: Like, I'm not saying I'd be okay with it if this was a response mm. to you know, people doing this, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) people are doing it, I'm going to do it in real life. (laughs) But like, but no, but this happened
1: years
2: Years. ago. Like,
1: and someone had to actively think, I'm going to use this taco as a bookmark. And like, but, 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 okay, part one, you're writing a book, but you're also wasting a perfectly good taco. That's
2: my question. How do you forget that you put a taco in a book? Like, like, damn it. Where did I put that taco? Like, how do you, what? If I put a taco somewhere, I know where I put that taco. Like, that's just the way it works. And if like, you're
1: drunk reading, you shouldn't be doing that because you're going to forget the plot line.
2: <laughs> Do you think
0: that it was somebody who had, like, maybe, maybe it was somebody who was listening to us review This Is a Taco?
1: I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ooh, a taco. That's a book. A book. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you're saying is this, this is all your fault. <laughs>
0: not my fault. <laughs> Our fault. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Thanks for including us in that. A I appreciate your Mutual that. blame. <laughs> so, so bookmarks are not food. Foods are not bookmarks. The end.
0: Phones and are also not food. Yes.
1: I,
2: I dropped some coffee on my phone. So sorry. you decided
1: to just suck it off your co- your phone?
2: Well, I didn't want it to. I wanted to catch it before it got into the little charging port. So <laughs> sorry. Didn't have enough sushi for dinner. Apparently. <laughs>
0: so Tokyo Pop has announced. <laughs>
1: Sushi Tokyo,
0: good hey! day, go <laughs> Um <laughs> That they are launching a new line of digital-first titles, uh, and uh, the first two of these, uh, this new line of titles, are currently in production. They're going to be scheduled to release uh, in the fourth quarter of this year. Um, the these two new titles, they're uh, it's Death Now by Tim Smith Three and The Way of the Shao by Shadow. So basically, these are going to. Um, be distributed amongst numerous digital platforms uh, including amazon kindle apple ibook store uh comiXology library apps etc so uh death now it's about um now this one is it is it's designed as a full color infinite scrolling comic optimized for reading on smart devices and basically it um it tells the story of like this uh of humanity trying to um save themselves from extinction so they turn to myths, legends, uh, just for that smallest chance of survival. It kind of works, and nobody dies. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So now death has to figure out what to do. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah.
0: So, uh, <laughs> which already it's like, huh? I'm kind of yeah. yeah I'm kind of interested. He ends up forming a company to process souls set up and sets up a series of rules uh, that the living humans and mythological creatures alike must abide by. So.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, you, have my, you have my interest. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Death as a workplace comedy, I guess it sounds like.
1: I mean, that I sounds like, like my Monday through Friday, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, The Way of the Shao, uh follows... Uh, the fictional adventures of real-life British rapper uh, Shadow. Basically, what this what this book is about it's it takes place in a world where musicians have enhanced powers and abilities, and their shows are also um, not just a battle like to get new fans, but also for survival. Uh, Shadow is an ambitious young artist uh, fighting his way to the top of the music world, and hijinks ensue. Not hijinks. Drinks. Shenanigans.
2: Shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> so? Shenanigans? Ooh.
1: Ooh.
0: I don't know that I like that.
1: <laughs> I like that. So yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But yeah, so like I said,
0: uh both those titles will be out later this year. Vault Comics is teaming up with Comic Hub, uh, to promote Money Shot Number One, which um Comic Hub is a uh Direct-to-reader marketing and what has like pre-order tools uh, that will expand Moneyshot's presence in the minds of retail retailers and readers internationally, as well as Comic Hub's available app uh, map feature will have a key part in uh, Vault's strategy to help retailers in a sweeping sell-through campaign. So, huh? Okay. Um, yeah. So I think I think we may have talked about Comic Hub before. Basically, it's kind of like a uh, all-in-one POS. Uh, for the comics industry, it integrates subscriptions, customer portal, uh, modern email marketing tools, uh, integrated web store, etc., etc. Nice. So, um, and then finally, and this is actually going to lead into a couple of the reviews that we have uh, to talk about this week. So, Lion Forge has announced that um, moon, um, the creators of Mooncakes are going to be not only at New York Comic Con, which is next week, but also they're going to have a book release party on October. 14th. Cool. Nice. October is really long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Suzanne Walker and Wendy Zoo will appear at the Oni slash Lionforge booth uh, with daily signings throughout the show. Um, And then also they're going to have a discussion with Oni Editor-in-Chief Sarah Gatos uh, called Uh Uh-Oh! It's Magic Supernatural Creator-Owned Comics.
1: Cool.
0: So, yeah. And then the Launch event will be, will take place October 14th at 6 p.m. at Books of Wonder in New York. Um, but yeah. So, very cool. Yeah. So, speaking of, um, Mooncakes, we got a chance to read that. Uh, this will come out in comic book shops October 1st and then will hit bookstores October 15th. Tells the story of, um, Nova, who is a teenage witch and gets, uh, reunited with her childhood crush, uh, Tam who just happens to be a werewolf. And um, in the midst of their reuniting, um, they also have to, you know, slay a demon like you do.
1: Yeah, sounds right. um,
0: We all got a chance to read it. Uh, What did you guys think?
1: I really liked this. Um, I really love the non-binary, lesbian, deaf, Asian rep. Like, there was just so much representation and so much diversity in this. And pretty much everything we've gotten from this company has been like that, and I think it's just fantastic that they're embracing that, because there's not a lot of comics, like, comic book companies out there that are doing that, so it's super important. Um, I really love the story, but it did feel a little rushed. It felt like they had this big idea, and then it kind of got crammed into a little bit too small of a space. Um, That was literally my only critique of this, though.
2: Yeah. What'd you think? I love this. Yeah, I I loved the the wide breadth of characters and, you know, in the inclusion of, of everything I liked in addition to like the, the deaf character, I mean, among all the other things, like it, there's so few, even when you have representation of non-binary or mm-hmm. um, other LGBTQ characters, um, you very rarely get a deaf character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was a very cool little inclusion, especially because that comes into play mm-hmm. a couple of times in the story, um, yeah. so it wasn't just like it wasn't just something to throw in just to be inclusive. Like it had a point to the plot, which I really enjoyed. Um, but I have to agree; I feel like that there were a couple of points where it almost felt like things were um, almost a little compressed um, for the length of space that they had. But overall, like I, I love this. This was a fantastic read.
1: Yeah, it was a really long. Graphic novel, which I really appreciate, but I um, I wanted it to be longer. <laughs> yeah.
2: See,
0: I didn't I didn't necessarily feel that I didn't get that rushed mm-hmm. feeling. Um, I actually, because um, you pointed out first how long it was, mm-hmm. and I got a little nervous because uh, I just knew, like, just with the way you know my schedule worked, like I wasn't going to get a chance to start on it until today, and so like, but it was like I just I couldn't put it down yeah you know aside from um aside from running away from people like I talked to talk to you guys about earlier <laughs> <laughs> I uh it was one of those things like yeah like I couldn't wait to get back home to to finish reading it uh but yeah like just to kind of echo what you guys said like there was so much inclusiveness and diversity and it was just it was it was really good and like as somebody who didn't really necessarily fit a lot of those, you know, diverse, mm. whatever, mm-hmm. like, I didn't feel excluded at because of it. Right. You know? Um, and plus, I mean, you know, it's hard to not be diverse when your two main characters are a witch and a werewolf. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but that said, I... And not to not to ever like judge a book by by its cover, but like the cover of this book, I expected a much different story. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, um, I didn't expect to have as much action as we got. Yeah, you know, uh, which yeah, there were there were a couple of points where we well, yeah it was like action packed or whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was I agree with you. When I opened it, I honestly thought I was gonna watch. Uh, I didn't even know she was a werewolf at the time. I just thought I was going to watch some Teenage Witches uh, make some cakes or something. And I was like, okay, I mean, <laughs> I like food. I'm into this. But then I got to the end, and I still don't think I understand why it's called Mooncakes. I get the insertion of Mooncakes in the story, but mm-hmm. like the overarching like concept of this, like it was like Mooncakes was just this like, drop in the bucket to this whole story that they were having. So yeah. maybe I missed something?
0: I didn't... I didn't catch, you know, the, the main reason why, but I just kind of shrugged it off as, well, sometimes that's fine. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, because this is not the first thing where the title actually has very little to do mm-hmm. with the yeah. with the story as a whole. Don't hurt yourself.
1: I just punched the table. It's fine.
0: <laughs> now apologize to the table. I'm
1: so sorry, Mitch's Kitchen Table.
0: Thank you. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> However, that did make me hit my move goal, so maybe I should do that again. <laughs>
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I said, Mooncakes, um, we coming out next week and then uh, in a couple weeks and bookstores, Ur-Ware. is that still a thing?
1: I think it's still a thing. Okay, cool. I say it, so I'm going to say it's still a thing. <laughs> um,
0: we also got a chance to read the plot uh, from Vault Comics, which basically this is the first in their um, horror, like, mm-hmm. um... Uh, what's it's the an imprint? Imprint. Thank yeah. you.
1: <laughs>
0: so, basically, this tells the story of uh, Chase Blaine, whose uh, brother and sister-in-law are murdered, and he becomes guardian to their children. This book, like this first issue for a horror, quote unquote, horror book, uh, I didn't feel like it had a whole lot of horror there. There yeah. were a couple of parts, <clears throat> but I feel like it's setting up for, you know, there, it definitely, it definitely felt like pretty much any horror movie you've ever seen, which is really, it's a good thing yeah. if yeah. that's what they're going for. Uh, what did you guys think?
1: I mean, I opened this up first page and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, a spooky house set in Maine? I'm like, all right, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> and then like there suddenly was like mental illness, like mental health rep, like a like a really good kind of discussion about that there at the very beginning. This had kind of a lock and key vibe to it. Was um, <laughs> that what you were going to say? So <laughs> um, like... I got through it like you get into lock and key and it does it starts out very slow paced very much so like this one did and then it kind of just like drops you so that's kind of what I was waiting for in this and I agree with you like this sets up like a horror novel like you're or a horror movie i'm i'm a reader not a movie watcher but like this sets up like a horror novel like you have like the thing that happens at the beginning and then like by the time you get to like the middle you're like where did this scary monster come from and then like the cliffhanger at the end of this was incredible Mm -hmm. like i love a good cliffhanger but in this like i was like okay next page and then i saw it said to be continued at the bottom i'm like you gotta be kidding me
2: (laughs) in very small print right i was like
1: why can't <laughs> I turn the oh? <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely did that, too. I got to the end. I'm like, okay, next page. No. Oh. <laughs> but, yes, uh, this definitely gave me the lock and key vibe. Maybe it's the, you know, uncle, you know, taking care of the kids after the parents die. Um, whatever there. The other thing I really liked about this actually is the art style. Um, it's dark. It's kind of gritty initially it very much reminded me of another one of my my favorite comic book series Outcast, which guy is possessed by a demon. he's fighting other demons. Um, but stylistically that like that's what I thought of initially visually with this and I love that and I love lock and key um, and the combination of the two and you do you get that that initial almost like a jump scare kind of moment mm-hmm. um, in this one and then it kind of fades. And you do. You're getting that set up to where this is going to go. And I definitely hook, line, and sinker in for this one. Yeah. So, uh, this one actually came
0: out yesterday. So, it's in comic book shops now. Um, But, yeah. So, definitely pick that up. Um, But, yeah. So, we're going to get into Gut Reaction. And I'm going to start this time with Tabitha and The Craft.
1: So... I think we've talked about this before on the show. I know we've all talked about it amongst ourselves, but we are getting a craft remake from Bloom House.
0: like Mac and Cheese, or yeah, like
1: craft, like the movie from the um, '90s with Neve Campbell, that one where they're witches, one. not the, the blue box, not n- there's no blue box. <laughs> yeah, it's like the quintessential like goth chick '90s movie. Like,
0: but it's still pretty cheesy, though, right?
1: No, it's not That's at all. cheesy. Oh my god, I hate both of you. <laughs> Anyway, you jerks. Um there are four witches in the original, and so we have to have casting for four more witches. Um we have Gideon Adlon, uh Lovey Simone, Zoe Luna, and Kaylee Spaney Um, They're going to be our witches for what I'm thinking is going to be a pretty unnecessary remake, but whatever. The only thing that I really like about this is they've casted Zoe Luna, who is a Latina trans actress actress and activist, who will be playing a trans Latina witch. So, representation of the Latina LGBT community, perfect, wonderful. I'm just still really iffy about this remake. Like, this is another one of those things like don't mess with (laughs) perfection, leave the craft alone, like, I don't need it. But I'm all for the rep in this, and I'm really glad they're changing something so it's not just for white girls. Like, that makes me happy. <laughs> so, I'm going thumb sideways.
2: What about you, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go thumb sideways. Um, I, shock of all shocks, have never seen the craft. Um, and another, this is another one of those that I don't know, like, despite the fact of not having seen it, like, why we necessarily need a remake. Um, but again, to, you know, Be more inclusive in your casting. Um, It's a fabulous idea. So that's essentially Thumb Sideways. Uh, I'm also going to go Thumb Sideways. I have seen this movie before.
0: Um, I remember it was like, not at a house party, but like a gathering of people. Mm -hmm. And we decided to watch a a movie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, we decided to, well, everybody else decided to watch the movie, and I was just kind of like, okay, fine, whatever. I was along for the ride. And I remember not being interested in the movie. Right. I remember, like, getting maybe 15, 20 minutes in and just like, meh, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of why I'm going thumb sideways. Uh, also, um, kind of off topic, but in the article, like, it, when it's going over the... Mm-hmm. The casting. It also includes like credits of other things that people have done. Right. And so, like, I was quickly reading it and I was like, man, they really miss- messed up the spelling on Love Simon. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did they mess up two pretty easy words to spell? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, I'm the idiot. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um,. <laughs> Got a bunch of Batman news to talk about, um, which happy belated Batman day. Uh we'll start with Matt
2: and maybe a new game. We might be getting a new Batman game. Um the Warner Brothers Games Montreal teased a project via Twitter. They just posted a phrase, uh quote, capture the night, you know, K-N-I-G-H-T. Um and then repeated it again in French because it's Montreal. Um, and then a short video that just shows a series of cryptic symbols. Uh, so, of course, the internet's going crazy. Is it Court of Owls? Is it the Order of Saint-Dumas? Uh, is it the League of Shadows? Is it all three at once attacking Gotham? Nobody knows. They haven't released any more information other than this little teaser. All of these, the Batman games, the Arkham Knight games, have been fantastic as much as... Some people, the game may hate me for saying this, but it's kind of a button masher kind of game, but it's, they're so well done. They're so atmospheric. Um, another one of these, absolute thumbs up on this.
0: Yeah. Um, I have no actual frame of reference all i know is how well received the the arkham knight games have been and everything so if yeah if they're gonna do something else then yeah sure thumbs up tab
1: yeah i agree i'm not a video gamer but i enjoy watching these games played like all the batman games watching them played it's just phenomenal i like to go oh I, th- I see a shiny thing go get it um <laughs> so thumbs up for more batman games
0: so um a couple of maybe casting news um for, uh, Matt Reeves The Batman uh, So Westworld star Jeffrey Wright Is currently in talks To play Commissioner Gordon um, And then um, He is I'm drawing a blank On the character's name In Westworld That he plays uh, But He's the uh, yeah, the Scientist or whatever You know who I'm
2: talking about I know right? exactly what you're talking about And he's also Felix Leiter In the most recent James Bond movies yeah. Bernard Bernard Thank you Yeah
0: so anyway, Woo,
1: uh, that, that was, was a journey. <laughs> <laughs> <For one>. Welcome <laughs> back, boys. <laughs> hey, I got there.
0: Uh, so yeah, so he is in talks to play uh, Commissioner Gordon. Also, Jonah Hill is in talks to play a Batman villain. Um, there's very, this one is still like really kind of under wraps, uh, mostly because they don't know what villain he's going to play. It's between the Penguin or the Riddler. Uh, one source did say that another thing that's holding up these talks is pay. Um, at one point, again, according to the source, uh, at one point uh, Hill wanted, well, it just says 10, so I'm going to assume 10 million, not just $10, because that'd be weird. <laughs> hey, can I just have $10? Um, but <laughs> it says at one point, um, this source heard that he wanted 10, which is uh, wild because um, Robert Pattinson isn't even making half of that. Um, I mean,
1: I, it's like seven times as much as he made for Twilight, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I'm giving Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, I'm giving a thumbs up. Uh, he was not on my radar at all to play Commissioner Gordon, but the more I think about him, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see that. 100% can see that. Uh, Jonah Hill, I'm going to have to give a thumb sideways. I'd like to see him as the Riddler over the Penguin, but... We'll see. Tap them.
1: I don't think there's any way that they would cat like if they're between the Riddler and the Penguin, based on the way not to be this person, but Jonah Hill's person is who he is. Mm-hmm. They're gonna pick the Penguin. It's just it, that makes more sense to me that's physically. Who he's
2: lobbied for,
1: right? Like that makes more sense to me. And I don't know that I need another Riddler movie. I think I've had enough of the Riddler to do me for the rest of my existence. <laughs> um. So. I'm going thumb sideways on both of these castings. I don't know who this fan is from Westworld, but you said that it's from James Bond, and <laughs> I, I know who that is. Yeah, exactly I think I know who that is. is. So Physically, yes. So Thumb sideways on both.
2: Yep. Matt? Um, I'm absolutely going thumbs up with Jeffrey Wright for Commissioner Gordon. Um, loved him in Westworld. Uh, loved him in the James Bond movies. Again, like you said, not really on my radar for Commissioner Gordon, but I think he'll do a fantastic job at it. Jonah Hill, I know, had lobbied uh, at least via Twitter or online to play the penguin, which again, I think that's probably just a more realistic like villain for him. Um, and also, like, I had seen a like a fan casting that somebody had, you know, generated an image online, um, for possible casting for this upcoming Batman movie and they recommended David Tennant as the Riddler. I saw that and I can't. I, I can't, after seeing that, I cannot picture Jonah Hill as the Riddler. I just, it doesn't seem to fit for me. Um, so I'm going thumbs sideways on the Jonah Hill, but thumbs up on Jeffrey Wright. Nice. So um, last bit of Batman news. So they've finally announced a new creative
0: team for Batman once Tom King stays uh, stands down. Um, so Tony Daniel is going to continue on art. But uh, James the IV is going to pick up, Ooh. yeah, um, which he when they first did the whole rebirth, he was on Detective Comics, he was. so he has experience writing for yep. Batman. Um, also, it was revealed at this uh, with this announcement that. Um, Dick Grayson is going to be coming back as Nightwing full-time. That's a mm, part nice. of his plans. Uh, also, just kind of like looking at James's Twitter, like he is like, and rightfully so, like he is super excited for Night. Yes, nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, totally giving this a thumbs up. I loved his run on Detective, and I'm kind of interested to see where he goes with Batman. Tabitha.
1: Yeah, same. Thumbs up. I know the Dick Grayson thing makes you extremely happy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I like things that make you happy. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Matt, um, so, oh, thumbs sorry. up. Oh, God. Until you cut me off. I apologize.
2: <laughs> Matt. Um. when... Uh, Detective Comics and Batman relaunched. Um, I was reading both Batman and Detective Comics. Um, really liked Tinian's run on Detective Comics. So giving him full, like the whole cowl, if you will, um, uh, for Batman, I think is going to be awesome. So thumbs up for that.
0: So um Tabitha I'm so sorry for cutting you off. Let's go ahead and talk about Walker Texas Ranger.
1: Oh god, do we have to? <laughs> okay, so my notes for this really literally start out make the reboot stop for the love of god. Um Walker Texas <laughs> Ranger is making a comeback for god only knows what reason. And they've recent and recently unemployed supernatural star Jared Padalecki is going to be playing Walker since Supernatural is finally ending after what, 930 seasons or something. Um so I'm really glad 66. Right? Yeah. <laughs> stop talking (laughs) i'm really glad that jared found somewhere to go but was there really nowhere else like just i can't so either cbs or the cw are going to pick this up which is either the network that supernatural is on or cbs which is where the original walker texas ranger was that evidently ran for 15 seasons What? i think i blacked out for like half of that or something because i literally (laughs) thought that was like one season of that show for some reason.
0: Oh, I can see that. I didn't know it ran for that long, but yeah. Fifteen
1: seasons. Whatever. (laughs) Um, So this is like a straight up reboot of the show. So it will be like the Chuck Norris version never even existed, which would be so nice. But thumbs down. Thumbs up for Jared Padalecki getting a job because that would be sad. But thumbs down. Like, come Like, I need original ideas. I don't care where they come from. I just need some.
2: (laughs) Matt. Thumbs down. Like I, I like Jerry Padalecki, but this is not a reboot that needs to happen. It I Chuck Norris and the original Texas Walker, Texas Ranger didn't really need to happen either, so thumbs down. Yeah. Uh same thumbs down. Um yeah, I don't
0: I don't see where it's necessary and um I just he's not he's not Chuck Norris. I'm not saying that I was ever a fan of that show, in fact I don't think I ever watched it. But like too tall. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> also, I love how, like, it's between CBS or the CW, like, two channels that, like, are very different. Right. And have very different content. So yeah. I'm like, hmm.
1: Like, they're going to go one of two ways with that. They're going to try to, like, supernatural it and be, like, like quippy well, and funny it's, and, then like, it's just dark. Jonah Hex. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> or why not earp with dudes? Right. Um, <laughs> I
0: don't know. Yeah. Uh, Matt. Speaking of walking, let's go to The Walking Dead.
1: (laughs) Are they still walking?
2: They're still (laughs) hobbling around. Um, So I want to say this was last year. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn and uh, Marcos Martin did a digital Walking Dead comic titled Walking Dead Alien. This year, with Local Comic Shop Day, which is Saturday, November 23rd, which is only brick-and-mortar comic book stores... Uh, no online anything for this. They are releasing that previously only available digital comic in print form. Uh, it's going to be 5 dollars And like I said, only available, it'll be available on that day, but only in your brick and mortar local comic shops. I didn't get to read this digital. I have wanted to read it because I have been a fan of the Walking Dead comics. I feel like Brian K. Vaughn is would do this justice and to see it in print um, and in order to boost your local comic book sales, I'm giving this a thumbs up. Yeah. Same. Thumbs up.
0: Um, anything that will get people into a local comic book shop yep. and not even, you know, like going in there for that and then also saying, oh, hey, these are actually kind of cool or they can be. Uh, but yeah, definitely. them.
1: Yeah, same. Anything that'll get people reading. I don't care what format you're reading. Just do it.
0: Um, so this actually uh, came from Lydia. So... Netflix is adapting uh, the Broadway musical 13 into a family film. It's going to have Jason Robert Brown composing new music and Robert Horn adapting the script based on the book that he co-wrote with uh, Dan Elish. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, I know very little about this. I just know that it's a thing because I knew that the theater center put it on last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically it talks about a kid moves from New York to small town Indiana because his parents divorced. Ta-da. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like something perfect for Netflix, so yeah. sure, thumbs up, Tabitha.
1: Yeah, same, perfect for Netflix. I I don't know anything, if like much of anything about this, but thumbs up.
2: Matt. Yeah. I also don't know really anything about this, but Netflix really has yet to do anything poorly, so thumbs up. Tabitha, speaking of things coming
0: to a small screen, uh, let's go to Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo.
1: You guys... Um, my heart is broken. Like what little tiny little cold dead heart I have is broken into 10,000 pieces. So You're
0: sure, it's not a million little pieces. Oh my God.
1: Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo is a book by Taylor Jenkins Reed that covers the seven marriages of a fictional reclusive Hollywood starlet. And it's being made into a TV show. This was my favorite book of 2018. I've been dying for a movie adaptation or like even like a mini series HBO adaptation But now that it's kind of sort of happening, I don't want it. Um, It's (laughs) in its early stages and being executive produced by Eileen Shaken and Jennifer Beals of Flashdance, L Word, whatever. Assuming that has a lot to do with the fact that there's a lot of LGBTQ rep in Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Which I'm I'm not worried about who has it. But what I'm worried about is that it's going to be on free form. Right. Which is where all good (laughs) book adaptations go to die. Like... They've had a couple of different shows on that sh- channel where they have like tried to do them and it's just flopped and failed miserably. Um Reed's other book, Daisy Jones and the Six, which has been one of my favorite books of this year, got picked up by Amazon, which has instilled a lot more confidence in me than Freeform, but I am I am not okay with this being held by Freeform. Yeah. I have faith in Eileen Chakin. I have faith in Jennifer Beals, even though she's a maniac. I just <laughs> cannot Get behind it with freeform so thumbs down
2: matt um i haven't read this it's on my list you know my tbr but you kind of had me until yeah freeform um i don't think i've ever watched anything on freeform for probably good reason so uh, we'll go thumbs down because of where it's ended up same just from what you've you know told me about like
0: this title like it's not I, going just off of that, like, eh, it's not for me. I wouldn't, it could have been on anything, and I wouldn't watch it. But yeah, but at the same time, it's kind of like going to those things like pretty much any other outlet or platform would be like, okay, cool, like, awesome for them. <laughs> but Freeform, ugh, <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> so. so DC Comics is going to release a 24 page sampler of Joe Hill's Hill House Comics. Uh, it's going to be a new horror line coming from uh, DC. It's going to have a preview of uh, the line's inaugural comics, including Basketful of Heads, The Dollhouse Family, and The Lolo Woods. Um, it's also gonna have an interview with Hill and a checklist of every Hill House Comics title. Retailers are going to get quantities, uh, based on the, um, based on the orders that they had for Deceased Number One. So giving this a thumbs up, I don't know. I don't know if any of those titles are kind of going to be up my alley,
2: but that sounds awesome. Tabitha.
1: Yeah, literally all of those things are up my alley, so (laughs) a giant thumbs up.
2: Matt. Did you not see my mouth hit the floor when you said there was a checklist and an interview? Like I said, I'm going to fangirl hard when I see Joe Hill at C2E2. So I'm super excited about this list of comics that he's like behind he teased them on twitter and on instagram a couple of months ago um i'm all for it thumbs up
0: last thing for gut reaction um which i didn't tell you guys about this but you've probably seen about so alexa is going to get celebrity voices the (laughs) first one that they're getting is samuel l jackson so for 99 cents you can have samuel l jackson read you the news give you a weather report Tell you jokes. It is also going to be rated mature. You can Yes! Have, there it is. <laughs> you can choose whether or not uh, you want uh, Samuel L. Jackson to be explicit. <coughs> you can also you can also change it at any time. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give this a thumbs sideways only because even though it's 99 cents, it's not that bad of a price point. But like, I don't know, I don't know if I would want to pay for it, but eh. Tampa.
1: I'm kind of sad that I have a Google Home and not an Alexa now, because now I just have some grumpy British man telling me the weather. Thumbs up. I want this.
2: I mean, I definitely want Sam Jackson to tell me the mother effing weather. Like, that's just fantastic. I was thumbed sideways on this until you told me that there was that option. Absolute thumbs up. I really almost kind of want to get an Alexa now. <laughs> so, um, Tabitha, what are we
0: um, what are we driving when we go to see uh, the Rise of Skywalker?
1: <laughs> so, I think we need this 1979 Dodge Tradesman van. We can take it to see the Rise of Skywalker. We can take it to conventions, and I know where we can get one for 900, no, nine hundred or nine thousand eight hundred dollars. Um, We just have to make a quick trip to San Antonio, Texas. Um, This van is literally covered in Star Wars graphics, including a sweet one on the hood. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to pull up the link and look at the images of this that was listed on Craigslist or not, Um, but it's worth it if you've got a few seconds. There's a Millennium Falcon design, even in the interior rugs. Like this thing is like Star Wars out. I don't need it. But I feel like that's a steal. I also feel like it's probably already sold because it hit viral on the internet, and some nerd was like, "I got ten k laying around."
0: That makes <laughs> me sad that some nerd has ten k laying around. I mean, I mean, I don't even have one k laying around. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing too. Like, this is like a it's a nineteen seventy nine like,
1: and it's in great condition. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of peeling on the um, decal that's on the hood. But it's in great shape for being like a nineteen seventies van, right? I just feel like we need this for convention purposes. But we, it, it's a tax write off because we're using it for our business. Does
2: True. it have a special horn? Like when you hit the horn, does it like, sound like R two D two? I wanted Ooh. to do the Imperial March.
1: That feels intense.
2: I was thinking Cantina Band. <laughs> there
1: are three kinds of people. <laughs>
2: We just expressed all of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but do you think, do you think that this van would be, uh, like big enough on the inside for us to just like record in there? could just, it could be like. I feel like
1: the acoustics would be kind of awful. Uh, yeah. We'd have to put up some like soundboard and stuff. And that feels like a lot of work. And then you're taken away from the whole like, you know, Star Wars details. Uh, yeah. So sorry. Maybe we can park it in the kitchen. <laughs> And take the doors off. No? Okay. <laughs> I tried.
0: Yeah. I Somehow I don't see my roommate letting that fly. I mean, he is a big Star Wars fan as he, well. He
1: might be okay with it. He could take naps in there. <laughs> That's
0: true. That is true. He's welcome. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, former Doctor Who, Christopher Eccleston, has written a new memoir. It's called, I Love the Bones of You, My Father and the Making of Me. And in there, he talks about how there is a period of... Where he had like a very negative impression of his time as the doctor. Mm -hmm. Uh, But going to, you know, in the last few years, he started going to conventions and actually even this year, he's started going, like, he's made his way, made his way to his first US convention. And going to these conventions and seeing fans and talk, you know, having them talk Mm -hmm. to him and everything, like, that's kind of like, he's, he said that it's kind of like healed him on the inside. That makes
1: me feel feelings. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. You guys know how I hate to feel feelings.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he did write. um, He says that, yes, I have felt bitter and yes, I have felt uh, betrayed. But I know also that Doctor Who was the best thing that professionally ever happened to me. Uh, Not so much a learning curve as a plunge down a well and a long climb towards the sunshine I see now. He then goes on to say that these days I feel nothing but positive about the show. To the extent I have started uh, doing conventions, something I've been very wary because uh, very wary of because I always wanted to earn my money from acting.
2: I think that's awesome too because, like, I I obviously was late to the Doctor Who party. I actually knew who Christopher Eccleston was from other movies before seeing him as the Doctor um, when I started the reboot. Um, so the fact that that kind of helped propel him you know upwards and you know he's i guess recognizing that i think that's awesome and
1: i'm like extra late i'm like not even fashionably late to the doctor (laughs) who party but like so far like i'm i'm wary to finish like i'm wary to keep going because i know it's gonna change and i don't want him to go away and i'm gonna cry a lot and so i'm not i'm not ready for it because i'm attached to him now
2: um we haven't really talked where are you where am I? Uh, are you my mommy? Just okay. after those, mommy. What the uh, introduction of Harkness? Okay,
1: yeah, I've I've seen him <clears throat> which, once now.
2: Harkness, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I
1: love John Barrowman. <laughs> he bumped into me one time. It was the greatest experience of my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so not quite through season, well, series one.
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying myself though. We, it's just, it's one of those things that i I forget that I'm watching it, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh man. To go back and watch those. Doctor Who, and then I watch half an episode, and then I forget I was watching the half of the episode, and then I have to watch the other half of the episode again. It's just It's
2: timey wimey. I, I, I don't know
1: what that means. You get You'll there.
2: Get, <laughs> yeah, you have to wait until Tenet to There's get there. There's just that. so many references Which, and people make oh, them, and I'm like, that's still probably one of my favorite episodes of all time. Yeah, going going back to
0: Eccleston real quick, and then like. <laughs> And I'm, I'm going to ask you guys this now, because we are kind of starting to run low, but like I want to talk about the rest of these story. Do you guys mind going a little bit no. longer? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I
1: have a lot of plans on Thursday evening at 824 p.m. I, I,
0: I don't know your life, <laughs> um, but like with Eccleston, um, I remember watching it the first time, like he didn't really grab me until what was the episode? Father's Day. Mm. Yep. That was the episode that like solidified like, like. The episodes I watched before then, I kept kind of going to myself. I'm like, man, I like hokey, but like, is this too mm. hokey for me? Yeah. And then I get to that episode. I'm like, no, it's not too hokey for me.
2: <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I had to pause that episode no less than five times and walk away from it because somebody Somebody forgot table... to
2: warn her about that episode. Named Matt. I
1: didn't think
2: about it. And oh, I was like, worst. you're
1: a monster. And he's like, what did I do? And I'm uh, like, you didn't warn me about this episode. He's like, oh, so sorry. <laughs> to like, be
2: fair, I thought we were going to end up watching that one together. And <laughs> then you ended up watching it on your own. You're like, I hate you. I'm, like, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> yeah, I did not handle that episode well. Yeah. My dad yeah. passed away when I was very young. So I just like, I struggled. Like, I think I I paused it and like, I think I watched, like, a cartoon in the middle or something. Yeah. <laughs> you almost need to. <laughs> and then went back yeah. and, like, watched that's, more. Oh, oh,
2: that's a r- I mean, that's yeah. a rough episode, and yeah, that's oh.
1: just... No, I think that's the episode that, like, I agree with you that, like, really got me, though, even though I'm not that far into it. Because before that, I've been like, I'm sorry, they're going back in history and, like, visiting historical characters. No one told me this because that's my jam. And then it's like, <laughs> that doesn't happen every episode. So a couple of the episodes where they, like, go forward or they go to different planets or something, I'm kind of like, meh. But then that episode, I agree with you. I was just like, oh, my heart hurts. Yeah.
0: And it, and it prepares you. Like, I don't... I don't know that there's that I've seen another episode that like is as emotionally like devastating as that episode. Yeah. But there are some that come close. Yeah. And it prepares you. It's like <laughs> you're you're in for a fun ride. Ooh, ooh.
1: I love crying. <laughs> <laughs> so lies. Um,
0: <laughs> so moving on, um, so Matt, let's talk about the uh, the Last of Us Part 2.
1: Okay, Speaking of really.
2: crying, oh yeah, I did. I'm not <laughs> gonna lie. Like, oh, so I watched the trailer for this this morning, and I absolutely 100% teared up watching the trailer. Um I don't. I loved a video game. I don't play a whole lot. Don't have a whole lot of time to. I played this. I played The Last of Us when it came out. Absolutely loved it. One of my all-time favorite games. Um, I've been watching and waiting for Last of Us Two to come out for quite a while now. We officially have a release date, February twenty first, twenty twenty. So don't bother me that night. I'm gonna be busy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but Sony and Naughty Dog have been working on this game for over five years. It picks up five uh, picks up after obviously the end the events of Last of Us. Ellie is now nineteen years old. She's now the main character instead of being. Um Joel's counterpart, if you will. Like I said, they've announced the actual release date. The trailer made me cry because there's just this fantastic you need to go watch the trailer, and if you played the game, you'll get it. I don't really want to spoil even the trailer. But it's just it's it's heartwarming and it, you know, pulls on your heartstrings. But the other big thing they announced is all the different editions that are going to be available for this on release. There is going to be the standard edition, which is going to be the classic $60. There's a special edition, which is $80, a digital deluxe edition, collector's edition, and an Ellie edition. The collector's edition is going to be $170, right? But the list of things that come with this collector's edition is insane. Uh, It is going to have a beautifully crafted 12-inch statue of Ellie, a life-size replica of Ellie's bracelet, Custom steel bookcase, 48 page mini art book from Dark Horse, set of six enamel pins, lithograph art print, and a set of five stickers.
1: Are any of those the giraffes? Because <laughs> <laughs> if so, it's no. worth $170. <laughs> I
2: mean, that's a lot of stuff in a collector's edition. So, I mean, that's pretty, pretty intense. The collector's edition also comes with a voucher for digital content. Including a four PS4 dynamic theme, a set of six PSN avatars, and a digital soundtrack, a digital soundtrack and a digital version of that mini art book. Um, and then, if you want to go one step higher, the Ellie edition is $230. Wow, right? So, this one's really intense because you get everything from the collector's edition plus a fully si- full sized, fully functional recreation of Ellie's backpack. Uh, an embroidered patch and a seven inch vinyl record featuring music from the original soundtrack. In addition to everything else from the collector's edition. So good Lord, right? A lot, a lot of stuff in these special editions. I don't have the money to do any of those. And I don't know what in the world I would do with the 12 inch statue of Ellie. I mean, she's a great character. I love her, but I don't know what I would do with that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I will, I will, I will have this day of release. I'm super excited for this. I'm so excited we have a release date. And again, the trailer. Whoo! All the feelings.
0: Kind of, kind of want to pull up the trailer right now and just you know see if I
2: like have a little tear or whatever. I mean, there's no giraffes in the trailer though. That was the only downside. Yeah, I was no. kind of bummed
1: about that. Yeah, add ain't... giraffes to the trailer. Hashtag... Hashtag add giraffes to the trailer. <laughs>
0: Anything, anything that doesn't have a giraffe is just not worth being around. Agreed. So, <laughs> so earlier this week, uh, we got news that um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine actor Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog, had passed away um, at the age of 50. <clears throat> so Star-, uh, Star Trek Online players um, took it upon themselves to kind of have a, uh, a vigil for him. So they had an in-game vigil. um They assembled in Quark's bar on Deep Space Nine um, and lit up torches to create the feel of a candlelight vigil Mm -hmm. vigil in his honor.
1: There are too many feelings this week, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I also saw on the Star Trek subreddit, Aaron Eisenberg's son posted something. First, you know, kind of just to thank everybody for, you know, the outpouring of support and all this and that. But then um, was talking about how... um, He's planning a uh, memorial this Sunday on World of Warcraft. So it's gonna be on server area fifty two. It's retail wow, not classic. But yeah, so <clears throat> he wants any and everybody to gather online, um, and honor him, you know, not you know not just Aaron, but like also like mm-hmm. all of his friends and family and right. like that.
2: So
1: That's really cool.
2: Yeah. World of Warcraft community will show up in droves for that. That's not the first time that World of Warcraft has had a memorial on one of their servers. Yeah, this is that's cool. Yeah, and that really is that's that's such a cool way
0: to you know because um, his son also to go on to say that you know he played uh, WoW for like 15 years. So I mean that's a really cool way to remember somebody by doing something that they love to do. Yep. So um, Mandy Pursley um, is a uh, She's a woman she's an amputee. And growing up, she didn't see a lot of representation for that. But um, her daughter started studying Cinderella stories in school last year. And so that kind of gave Mandy an idea. So she um, recreated a Cinderella dress and everything. But instead of having a glass slipper, she has a glass arm. (sighs) Yeah. Um, So her husband, Ryan, also... Played the part of Prince Charming. They uh, they recreated the the classic moment of Cinderella leaving her glass slipper at the ball, um, but obviously with this added twist to it. Uh, there are pictures on Facebook, um, and it's been. I mean, I've Lydia also shared this story, but I mm. saw this before she mm-hmm. you know, before she shared it with us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can easily find it on Facebook. I'm sure like 17 of your friends have probably already shared. It. <laughs> but, um, but the the pictures are like really cool, and it's like. At first, like, I saw the pictures without knowing the story at first. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, did she? Did she? That's cool. You know, that's <laughs> pretty much the,
2: what my brain did. Ugh, all the feelings this episode. What's going on?
1: Yeah. Can you bring us up with something?
2: Yeah. Let's talk about, um, what
0: in the blue hell is going on in Antarctica?
2: Uh, we don't really know yet. That's this kind of scary thing. Um, so if you've seen The Thing, John Carpenter's. There's a creature that lives under the ice in the Antarctic. Um, During an expedition, a 50-day trek on a New Zealand research ship, Tangora, Tangaroa. During that research expedition, um, in the mud, about 3,500 meters below the surface, a discovery was made of a new specimen that is kind of this gelatinous... Glob. Uh, they're basically saying it's a cross between a slug and a hippo. I haven't been able to find anything that says that they've. this has actually been, c- like, clarified or, like, uh, classified? classified. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> what exactly this creature is. Um, it it, it kind of made news in a documentary, which is available online and on YouTube, uh, called The Secrets of Antarctica. So... Is it harmless? Is it the thing? Don't know. But like, it's a gelatinous glob. Is it
1: sentient? Do they know?
2: I, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to watch the video, but like it looks kind of unsettling. Yep. I don't care what it is. I want it dead, like right now.
0: <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is terrifying.
1: I mean, I think I saw this, but I think someone else shared it, but I don't think I put two and two together that that was the story we we're talking about. I'm weirdly like obsessed with the creatures of the deep like i, I love a good cuttlefish like i lo- <laughs> I love all things weird that are lurking below the surface of the water this so is this definitely is definitely weird this is on my list of probably gonna be some of my favorite things like I love a good blobfish like I <laughs> Like, one of my, my bucket list items is to, be, like, go to the Mariana's Trench. Like, I I want that in my life. So, I'm. if this was a gut reaction, I would thumbs up the blobby creature. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's good, because it can't, because it doesn't have any thumbs.
1: You don't know Yet. that? Yet. Yet. <laughs> Let it evolve, yeah. man. Come on. Took yeah. you this long to get here. Calm down. <laughs> wow.
0: Let I'm it evolve wrong. and take over everything. <laughs> it's going to pair up with Skynet and we're dead. Yeah. So, um, last story of tonight, and I save this for last because this might go off the rails like we tend to do. <laughs> so, um, next year is Dick Grayson's 80th anniversary. They've had versions of this with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. It's by uh, artist Nicholas Scott, uh, and what she does is just basically showcases like multiple different versions of. That character's costumes through the years. Okay. Okay. So she's done one for Nightwing, because again, he's turning eighty next right. year. Looking um, good for his age. Right. Well, yeah, that's what Twitter thinks. Um, Uh-oh. So, um, so in the uh, in this picture, I'm going to try to pull this up for for you guys, if, in case you haven't seen it. Um, in the like very like front and center of this one is the current iteration of Nightwing. If you don't know this about Nightwing, one of the things that DC has um, shown over the last few years um, in terms of his assets are his, well, assets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've... Rom <Wrong> show. <laughs> I know. That's why we <laughs> saved this for last. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
0: so, um, so, yeah, so... Twitter uh, uh with a lot of the people who, you know, n- aren't necessarily comic book fans who don't necessarily know this about Dick Grayson that he has some plump cheeks. Um, <laughs> they saw this oh. when Nightwing was trending.
1: But why does that one got to be turned around? Like because, a pinup girl.
0: <laughs> because again, that's been dim um. cheeks.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not America's ass, so I'm out. <laughs>
0: But needless to say, Twitter kind of had a field day with this. And um, I'm going to read just some of these tweets that people saw or that people tweeted out upon seeing that. This one was one of my favorites. It says, I hope there is a heterosexual explanation to the half hour I spent staring at one of these pics. (laughs) 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 Another one. (laughs) Batman. I'm t- I'm trying to sneak around, but I'm dummy thick, and the clap from my ass cheeks keeps alerting Joker. <laughs> um, I see Nightwing is trending all because of his ass, and you know what? I'm proud of him. He worked hard for that ass, and now people can appreciate it. DC is proud of that ass. <laughs> and then, all these last points are... um. All came from the same person um, So Nightwing out here In full thick Grayson mode <laughs> <laughs> Ass so big it can bounce that huge coin in the bat cave Off of it <laughs> <laughs> Villains <laughs> 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 Villains quit fearing the bat signal And just run when they hear those cheeks <laughs> in the distance At this point, he doesn't need a utility belt. That is an arsenal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. Somehow I missed this. And I'm so glad you brought it to my attention.
0: It's been, like I said, it's been a thing for years. Like, there have been um, scenes in, you know, in different comics. Like, uh, one that I remembered... um, during his, the uh, his run, just as Grayson, when he was like kind of a spy or whatever, he had a run in with uh, Midnighter. And if you don't know Midnighter, he is a he's a gay superhero. And the thing with the thing with this spy organization, like they had a way to mask the spies' faces mm-hmm. so that people that they know wouldn't be able to recognize him. Oh. Midnighter was like, I might not be able to recognize your face, but I'd recognize that ass anywhere. <laughs> so like so.
1: This is not so. Just he like... does recognize him from the back.
0: Yep. Um, also, <laughs> um, also on again, off again. Barbara Gordon also has done the same thing. I think in that same run as well. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, is that? I'm pretty sure that is Dick Grayson. So yeah. So yeah, this just isn't turn around and walk away, and you'll know. Basically. <laughs> but I loved that thick Grayson. <laughs>
1: Yeah. That's That's fantastic. I'm assuming that's thick with two Cs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Even better. (laughs) On that
0: note, (laughs) that's all the time we have for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, where we'll be posting news throughout the week. While you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope we'll be back next week. Everybody say bye. Bye. Bye.